this week's episode of the top five report the podcast that is going to have a horrible time sitting still tonight because they would rather be watching the steiner cut than sitting here doing a show my <laughs> name is drew i'm the host for the evening along with me as always is my brother peter here hey man <laughs> what's up yeah so i would much rather be watching the Snyder cut right now but you know what life throws us curveballs and i don't want to leave our listeners behind so let's do a show and i can watch the Snyder cut tomorrow after i get done with work because that right yeah. now that is my plan it does feel a little bit like the weekend that force awakens came out and i wasn't able to see it opening night and just feeling like i have to shelter myself and uh you know try to avoid any spoilers but i'm right there with you i wish i was watching it right now and Unfortunately, I don't know if I'm going to be able to watch it tomorrow. I might have to wait till Saturday, which uh, isn't fun, but it does give me tomorrow to uh, binge through Man of Steel and Batman v Superman because I haven't gotten right. the chance to do that this week. So well, it's it's a weird feeling because you bring up uh, you bring up The Force Awakens and it's a weird feeling to put that kind of thing into perspective, because if you think about it, um, the uh, it's it's a movie we've seen, but we haven't seen. And I'm not. There's no way in the course of my day tomorrow I'm going to run into anyone who has seen the movie. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I realized that. So I was like, ooh, I can completely stay spoiler free as long as I'm careful of the Internet, that kind of stuff. And I know that this is like a geek like this is like the biggest nerd weekend ever because we got the Snyder Cut and we got Falcon and the Winter Soldier starting. But to be completely honest, Falcon and the Winter Soldier is taking a backseat for the Snyder Cut. So <laughs> even absolutely. Though yeah. And I think it's weird that they released this on a Thursday. I don't have a problem with it, but it's made. But that's been the biggest reason why I have to push it another day before I can watch it. Yeah, uh, absolutely. It is. Um, Since <clears throat> you did bring up Falcon and the Winter Soldier, there is kind of a I feel like because of the Snyder Cut and then WandaVision and then falcon and the winter soldier and there's the new superman and lois show i'm kind of getting into a big like superhero mood again which i kind of wasn't for a while i think there was just way too many superhero movies and the oversaturation was getting to me but i'm kind of being forced to get back into that mode because of all this stuff coming out and it's it's really cool. It's really fun. I'm actually enjoying um, it so far. So I, it's awesome. I, I completely agree. I have these moments where and I and this is my this is my thing. So we all have our things that we watch like we like we binge the office or we binge friends and like that's the bad yeah. thing or you know what I mean? Like what's what's on in the background when you're doing your stuff. And yeah. for me, I go through these periods where it's Star Wars all the time or it's superheroes all the time. Like I never like put Star Wars off to the side. Star Wars is always there, but I, sometimes I hyper focus on the comic books, and then the comic books are always there, but I'm hyper focusing on Star Wars. Like it's that's the kind of flip. And right now I'm totally in superhero mode, and 
it's awesome. And I just I can't wait to see this movie. Um, I want to read this. Real, <laughs> I want to read this real quick before we actually start the show proper. Um, I found this on Instagram. There's a feed I follow that does. They just do really good coverage of superhero stuff in general. And they brought up something really important. And this is why I want to read this. So I'm going to read the whole thing. OK, um, sounds good. The Snyder Cut is not your typical average movie. Well, technically, it's not a movie at all. For those who are unaware, it's a celebration of ideas. It's a phenomenon that occurs when dreams turn into reality. In life, there are many moments that make you believe that some things cannot be done. Some events occur that give you the impression that a task you're trying to accomplish is impossible. There are people made of flesh and blood living on the same ground as you, breathing the same air as you, that tell you that it's bullshit. The efforts are futile to give up and go home. The Snyder Cut is a living, breathing example of not listening to such things, to overcome the negativity, to never give up. The one thing that makes all living things going, all living things going, hope. I'm not qualified to give any review of this masterpiece. All I can do is implore you to watch this one with an open mind and make up your own mind about it. Now, the reason I wanted to read that was because it's such a profound thing to like. It was such a profound thing to read because it made me realize good or bad hype, no hype, whether you like the movie, whether you don't like the movie, all of that is a hundred percent irrelevant because of the story that got us here. We were, mm -hmm. cheated. we were cheated to the film that we should have gotten. Now we're getting the movie that we should have gotten at the end of the day. This is what we should have got. So whether you like it or not is a hundred percent irrelevant. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that sentiment 100 um, percent. And I actually think I don't know who wrote that little blurb you read, but that's really beautifully written. And I think it's uh, it's just really cool because it puts the it puts a weight on this movie that I wasn't even necessarily thinking of, because to me, I'm just so excited to see how this uh, Zack Snyder uh, superhero trilogy ends. And, you know, it's easy to get caught up in that and forget the fan movement that it took to actually make this possible. And it's just, uh, it's a, it's an amazing showing of like when people come together and they really love something and they really want to see a piece of art get made. Um, just the love and the support from the fans can actually move mountains and make us get something like the Snyder cut. And I think, um, that's my favorite part of what you just read because it just, you know, reminds you like you might love it, you might hate it as far as the movie goes, but it is a spectacular story that this happened. So awesome. You know, uh, nerds yeah. win again, basically. Basically. <laughs> so, and, and I want and we're going to we're going to be talking so much Snyder Cut next week. I'm going to kind of put Snyder Cut off to the side so we can actually do our show like normal, if that's all right with you, Peter. Um, yeah, absolutely. But, um, the one thing I will say is everyone needs to prepare for the fact that the Snyder Cut is going to end with a massive cliffhanger that we may never get the conclusion to. Um, we don't know what's going to happen at this point. If you are one of those people that's like, who cares about the Snyder Cut? I can't wait for it to be over. I'm going to tell you right now, it's not going to be over because what's going to happen is now everyone's going to start screaming, restore the Snyderverse. No matter what <laughs> Warner Brothers has planned, I'm already seeing it on in the Internet. It's all over Twitter. It's all over Instagram. It's all I'm seeing. It's completely flooding my feeds, and I love it. Um, yeah. So I just want everyone to be prepared. Like, we're not out of this yet. Um, well, yeah. it's And I will be backing the restore the Snyder Cut. Movement. I just <laughs> so I just think it's uh yeah restore the Snyderverse um the Snyder. I just think it's yeah. for Snyder fans it's kind of win win either way because first of all I do love me a good cliffhanger for sure but the thing is 
even if the Snyderverse isn't restored, if we get a massive cliffhanger at the end of this movie, this movie just becomes part of the eternal conversation where we're never going to forget this movie because the bigger the cliffhanger, the more people are going to keep talking about it. I know. Um, not to mention just the presence of the Snyder superhero films. Like people are still talking a lot about Batman v Superman and, you know, they don't still talk about a lot of other superhero movies that came out this, that year, but love it or hate it. It does have a presence that can't be ignored. So I guess I'll leave that there. <laughs> well, to your point, and then we'll move on is I really love how you brought up Batman v Superman, because I've been telling everyone that, when it comes down to it, that's the movie everyone's going to be going back to re referencing over and over and over again. That's the movie that'll be eternal conversation. And I've constantly said that. And here we are. And that's what's happening. Like, it's like that's the Empire Strikes Back right now, if you will. Um, mm -hmm. Like everyone's talking about that one film and it's making and it's, it's pointing every it, everyone keeps pointing back to it. And it's going to like knowing the story threads that were laid out in that movie going into Snyder, the Snyder cut. I just I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah. Anyway, well, I was. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. <laughs> we can move Last on. Point. I was going to say, yeah, I was I was telling a friend um, earlier today that, uh, you know, like you were saying, like you have Man of Steel, you have Batman v Superman, and now we have Zack Snyder's Justice League. And it was always meant to be. I don't know about when they made Man of Steel, but it ended up being meant to be this three chapter story. And what everybody did is they judged the second chapter for not giving us answers that were meant to come in chapter three. And that I think people just I wish people had that in mind when Batman v Superman came out, because, yes, there was uh, loose ends and unanswered questions, but we still had to wait to find out what was going to happen. So I'm just super psyched that uh, we're finally getting that conclusion. So I know we've been rambling about the Snyder cut, so we can definitely move on <laughs> if you want to, unless you have more to say, but not right now. Cause we're going to have a whole episode on it. Uh, we'll probably do a whole episode just to cover it. So be, get ready folks. Um, all right. So Pete, let's just start the show proper, man. What are we watching? What are we reading? Cause I got a <laughs> list. <laughs> oh, nice. I don't so. have much, but uh, I have a couple goofy things I wanted to mention. Uh, first of all, over the weekend, I watched Dazed and Confused, which uh, this was the first time I've actually watched the movie the full way through. Um, I've always this is always a movie that I've caught parts of on TV, but I've never sat down and watched the whole thing front to back. And uh, it was kind of funny because obviously the movie takes place in the seventies and I was feeling nostalgic while watching the movie in a weird way because, you know, I obviously didn't grow up <laughs> in the seventies, but it was taking me back to the sort of zany, uh, hijinks that happen in high school. But also like I felt, um, nostalgic for, I guess the pre COVID world when people were running around and going to parties and a lot of craziness was happening. And, uh, I, I just miss it. And I'm ready for this pandemic to be over, which I'm sure everybody else is. So I don't need to dwell, dwell on that. Uh, the other funny thing about, uh, watching dazed and confused for like the full first time the whole way through is all the lines delivered by, um, uh, Oh, who's the what's what's the actor's name? Um, the all right, all right, all right. Oh, guy. Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, I don't know. I forgot his name just now, but all his lines, like those iconic lines that he has in the movie, which he has like a number of moments. <laughs> it's just kind of funny because like that, like, all right, all right, all right. Or, you know, be a lot cooler if you did. And all those lines are very 
present in pop culture. And uh, it's just kind of funny because you watch them. And even though even though you haven't seen the movie, you just know those lines are coming up. You know, it's the same level as like hearing Arnold say, like, get to the Chapa or it's not a Tuma, you know, like that sort of thing. It just has that excitement there. So I thought that was really just kind of amusing. But I'm sure you've seen this movie hundreds of times, Drew. I don't know if you have any comments on it or anything like that. Um, I haven't seen that movie in a really long time, but I totally understand what you mean by um, the idea of looking at the going to the parties and that kind of stuff and like Absolutely. Getting, back, getting back to our real world. Um, I don't think we're, <laughs> I don't I think the next step is herd immunity before we get back to the real world. But <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, what, the other thing I was going to say is it's also funny noticing uh, because I know. So uh, Kevin Smith has said a number of times that. Uh, Richard Linklater is like a huge uh, directorial influence on him. And it's kind of funny watching that movie, which I believe came out before Mallrats. But it's kind of funny that uh, noticing actors that were in that movie that he kind of that Kevin Smith kind of stole for Mallrats. I just kind of appreciated that. Like this guy was just totally trying to be Richard Linklater the whole time yeah, yeah. <laughs> sort of thing. But um, um, yeah, yeah, no, I agree there. Um all right. Well, was that it that you watched? Uh, the other thing I was going to mention, and I can keep this super quick. Um, I don't know if you even watched it, but I sent uh, you and Sean and Scott, like in our uh, group text, a uh, new trailer for this movie called Zombie Con. I don't know if you got a chance to watch oh, that. Oh, I did not get a chance to watch that. I'm sorry. Oh, no, it's it's all good. This is actually a uh, independent movie that has kind of been on my radar for some time, but they just released this new trailer. So I thought I'd send it to you guys. But it's basically an independent horror movie that's about zombies attacking an anime convention. And uh, it's just kind of about like the hijinks that happens to that. And, you know, there's a group of cosplayers and their crazy costumes and fake weapons and stuff, and they have to fight the zombies off. And it's it's one of those things where, yeah, it's an independent movie and, you know, budgetarily and special effects and stuff. It might not be as spectacular as other movies that you want to see. But story wise, I just think this movie sounds amazing and it's right up my alley. So it's kind of one of those things I think everybody should check it out because it's I think it's going to become one of those Comic-Con cult classics like uh, not to name drop Mallrats again, but kind of fill that sort of Mallrats fanboy sort of void and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, check out the zombie con trailer if you get the chance. Um, I will. And that sounds fantastic now that I know a little more about it. So, yeah, I will definitely watch it. Um, so I actually have a bunch of stuff. So first off, um, I watched the movie um, uh, Trial of the Chicago 7. Um, oh, right. Is that Netflix or um... it is Netflix? Okay. Um, it's it's written by Aaron Sorkin. I'm a massive Aaron Sorkin fan. And it's Aaron Sorkin's first director, um, the first time he's directed anything. So um, I had to see this movie. It's absolutely fantastic. It's a true story. It it was a Golden Globe nominee. It is now officially an Oscar nominee uh, for Best Picture. Um, and it's absolutely amazing. It's classic Aaron Sorkin in terms of how it, his writing style. So if you like his writing style, you're probably going to love this. Um but uh, it was kind of interesting when you when I texted mom and dad and I was like, you know, hey, I just watched this movie. It was really good. You guys should check it out because I know that they know what happened. But and the response I got was we lived it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was also like apparently they've seen the movie and they thought it was really good, too. So um, 
But I really recommend that movie. Um, all the actors in there are just absolutely amazing. Um, like everyone is like top notch. This is one of those movies where like the acting's top notch, the script is top notch, the cinematography's top. Like everything's like like firing on all cylinders kind of films. That's uh, awesome. The other thing that I watched, um, I sent you a link to this. Um, I don't know if you had a chance to watch it. It's a fan film that the internet started going ape shit over. Um, called Batman Dying is Easy. Is this the, is it Bat, did Bat and the Sun produce this one, or do you know? Um, I would have to double check that. Okay. Um, but literally, like, it's called Batman Dying is Easy, and it's, um, it's 30 minutes, it's short, um, it's a short film, it's a fan film, but it is incredible in terms of, like, what they put together in terms of the costumes, the sets, um, the cinematography. Um, it primarily focuses on a conversation between the Batman and the Joker. Um, and the actors are fa- awesome. Um, nice. one, of, one of the actresses in there I actually know. Um, I got to meet and have a I got to meet her at a Comic-Con a few years back. And we had a, like we actually got to sit and talk about cosplay and like the, that whole world and all that stuff. Uh, Mandolin Schaefer. Um, I follow her on Instagram. That's how her and I connected. And then we met at Comic-Con and then she's in this. And I literally saw it and I was like, holy crap. Um, it was really good. I actually rewound it because I was like, wait, is that who I think it is? <laughs> like, um, <laughs> But no, that's it was, awesome. It's really good. I highly recommend everyone watch it. It's the Internet kind of exploded. And I'm like, what is this Batman dying is easy thing? So, yeah, uh, it's cool. And it's a really cool uh, mix of like it's it's a really cool concept that hasn't really been touched on in the Batman mythos. And I thought that whoever put whoever decided to write that, like just kudos on you. Good call. Um, and then I had I read a bunch of stuff or I'm reading a bunch of stuff. So because I'm in this like crazy superhero mode um, and thanks to the DC universe infinite app, <laughs> um, I've been reading a lot. Um, I just finished uh, dark, uh, dark Knight's metal um, by Scott. Oh, nice. Absolutely amazing. Peter, because you're into like big robots and monsters and crazy, like that kind of stuff, you really need to read this series. <laughs> yeah, I think um, I do. <laughs> it, it's, it is nuts. And it just gets crazier and crazier and crazier as you read it. But the story is so compelling. Um, I just finished uh Supergirl being super. Um, that was just so it was short. Like it was only like four issues, but it was short and charming. And it was like this, like breath of fresh air. It's like just what I needed. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and, some of those short miniseries like that are the best when they're not. Right. Uh, they can kind of sit on their own. And yeah, like you said, a breath of fresh air and you get closure and it just feels right. good to read a shorter series a lot of times. Uh, keep going. Though. And I started reading and I started reading Detective Comics from the beginning. And when I say from the beginning, I'm specifically referring to Detective Comics 27 because that's the first appearance of Batman. And my plan is to one day say that I've read all the Detective Comics. Um, so I'm kind of like a couple episodes here, a couple, episodes, <laughs> couple issues here and there. And then I go read like a big story arc and then I go back and read a couple of issues. So I'm still, <clears throat> I think I'm on, epi- I think I'm on issue 47. So I've read a chunk. Um, and it's interesting to see like, cause right now, like some of the problems are like the great depression because it was 1939. <laughs> yeah. Um, I haven't gotten into world war two. Yes. I'm going to hit the silver age where it gets weird. There actually have been a couple weird ones, but what I thought was really interesting is how dark original Batman is. Yeah. 
And like, yes, I've always read the original. Everyone's read the original Batman story if you're a Batman fan. But how deep did you go into the Batman mythos when you were reading Detective Comics? And it's dark. And there's some really crazy themes in there that, you know, you're just like, whoa, this is this is like original Batman. Like, I don't remember, like, you know, because my first iteration of Batman was Adam West when it was fun and, you know, goofy and campy and stuff. And I'm going back to the beginning and it's dark. Um, yeah. What well, I I've, I've heard people compare the like the very early issues of Batman kind of more to the uh, Flashpoint Thomas Wayne version of Batman where he's like totally OK with killing people. And oh. I feel like I've heard there's moments where he actually uses guns, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which I don't know if that's that's true because I haven't read it myself. But so far, there's been one moment where he's used the pistol and he has killed a few people in the comics. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> what I what I have been liking is the. Um, the evolution of the character. So it's clearly they're like try, still trying to find their legs, the evolution of like the car, the evolution of like the Batcave, which right now it hasn't been the Batcave and it really hasn't even been a cave so much as it's like a secret door that goes underneath to Wayne Manor. So it's like, it looks like he's got an extra layer place. Um, no. <laughs> so it's, it's just kind of a cool evolution right now. And I'm kind of, I'm just really enjoying it. Nice. Uh, and then I started doomsday clock. Um, I'm six issues into that, um, which is the it's basically the way it's it's the integration of the Watchmen, which has always been like a standalone sitting on its pillar into the DC universe. Um, mm-hmm. And it's dark and gritty and it it makes me uncomfortable at times, but it's amazing how it's put together. And it's very classic. It's like it's written in that classic Watchmen sense. So um, I'm enjoying that right now. Um, the other nice. thing. That- just started reading, and then that'll this will be the last thing on my list. Is every if you listen to this show, you know I'm a D and D guy. Um, the newest book, D and D for Dungeons and Dragons, uh, Candlekeep Mysteries came out. It's the new source book. Um, it's basically if you're looking to play Dungeons and Dragons, um, it is a book. It's their 17 one shot adventures in the book. Oh, nice. Um, which is awesome. So if you're looking for just a random, hey, let's play Dungeons and Dragons and someone has this book, you can literally open it up, play a quick adventure, you know, um, or if you're and, running a campaign and you need a side quest, you could grab it and throw it in or something. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> And that, that's definitely better than uh, probably starting some huge, massive campaign. If you're like if you're not sure if you're going to stick with it, you know, a one shot adventure is perfect instead of like, you know, we're going to do this 30 week long campaign that we probably won't even finish that sort of thing. Well, so. what's cool about it is because it's predicated off the the the, the library of Candlekeep, um, all the stories revolve around this one location and then send the adventurers off to do these things and then they you know, it always returns back to this one location. So essentially you could just run all the one shots as one campaign if you were a smart enough dungeon master. So yeah. That's a good call, too. Um, but, but the book is really cool uh, so far, and I've only, like, touched a little bit on it. But um, that's kind of been my week since we last talked. So, um, okay. Yeah. You ready to, uh, <laughs> ready to talk some news? Yeah, let's go for it. Cool. I was going to say I've been slacking, definitely, because you brought a ton to the table this week. Well, so. <laughs> <laughs> well I was literally like, I wasn't, I didn't, does the audience really want to hear about my reading through the DC Comics app? I'm not trying to sell the app. I just think everyone should get it because it's awesome. And if you're think, more, and if you're more into the Marvel side, Marvel has one. It's called Marvel Unlimited. But yeah, 
I'm well, I, I think people listen to hear us talk about comics. So I think it right. absolutely makes sense. So, <laughs> right. Well, I'm behind on my comics. So it was just kind of it's the fact that I can just have my phone on me. So at work, I can just pull up my phone and read a little bit. You know what I mean? Absolutely. When I'm, yeah. When I'm on my lunch break or something, I can just pull up my phone and, you know, read a little bit or like I'm, you know, it was funny. I was waiting at the, I was waiting in line at the grocery store and the person in front of me had a big cart. So I was literally just reading a couple panels while I was waiting, you know, nice. so it's, it's to be able to just open it up and jump back into the superhero universe. And you, t- you tell the cashier like, Hey, hold on a second. I need to figure out what happened to Batman. <laughs> and a per- that, yeah, right. That's amazing. All right. So a couple of these are quick, so we'll just blow through some news, shall we? Yeah, right. absolutely. So first off, um, real quick, I know we were going to put Snyder Cut to the side, but um, I wanted to bring this. Um, yes, the Snyder Cut is releasing, um, but they're also releasing a 30 minute documentary about the making of the film. Um, nice. And it's going to it's a 30 minute documentary includes never before seen set footage and an interview with Zack Snyder, which I'm excited to see because. Just the behind the scenes of how this project got made, I think, would be great because if you watch the other Justice League movie, the theatrical cut, they do have bonus features of the making. So because we're going to see some original footage from that movie, because some of it they did use, um, I don't know if I need to see like a four hour documentary on the making Mm -hmm. of the Snyder Cut. But they did do reshoots and they did clean up old footage, like footage that he didn't that got cut and all that stuff. So 30 minutes is probably a good roundabout number for that. I was thinking the absolute same thing, like 30 minutes sounds like a nice, refreshing time length for a documentary like that. But I'm looking forward to that because I feel like stuff like that, as well as like Disney Gallery and stuff is kind of taking us back to the time where we would get. You know, you'd buy the DVD or the Blu-ray and you would get behind the scenes footage. And I feel like nowadays you don't get that often enough unless you buy the like super limited collectors, you know, Blu-ray copy of whatever movie. But it's nice to just get those special features, you know, and 30 minutes is a really good length. So I look forward to that one. That should be good. Um, You just reminded me I've got one more watching thing and then we'll go back to news. Uh, (laughs) I watched on Disney Plus. I watched Assembled. Um, which is the making of WandaVision. Okay. I've seen that um, in my like suggested. I just haven't watched it yet. But uh, yeah, how was it? Really cool because you get because the how they put it, it's when you see what they did to make the sitcom stuff happen. Awesome. <laughs> like, nice. Like you really like that. Yeah, it's just awesome. So it's definitely worth watching. Okay. Back to the news. Um, Okay, so apparently, this is a quick one, uh, HBO Max has a Zatanna series officially in the works. Um, I'm not, I think that's awesome. I'm a big fan of Zatanna in general, um, the DC uh, magic user. Um, It does not surprise me, however, coming off the heels of WandaVision and them going, what magic user do we have? (laughs) (laughs) So... I guess, but I feel like Zatanna's a really cool character, and um, I mean... I do agree with you, but I mean, they did Doom Patrol like they're not against doing really obscure properties uh, at, you know, the DC uh, TV shows. So I agree with you. But at the same time, it's still pretty cool that we're going to see a Zatanna show. What'll be cool is if it's roped into Justice League Dark, if that movie ever gets off the ground. Yeah, definitely. um, 
in the realm of DC projects at HBO Max, there is a live action Batgirl project in the works. This does not say whether it is TV or movie. However, we do know there's supposed to be a Batgirl movie, but when I just the brief blurb made me wonder if it's going to be a television show. So, yeah, um, either way, it's win, 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 either way. Yeah, absolutely. Win, win, either way. Nerds win in general. Okay. Yes. Um, In the DC front, the Batman has finished filming. Oh, that was quick. Yep. The the Christopher. I'm sorry. The. Robert Pattinson. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Robert Pattinson Batman film finished filming, so hopefully we see that sooner than later and it doesn't get bogged down by uh, theaters not being in session. It feels uh, so recent. I think it's just because we live in uh, this COVID world and t- the way the way that time passes is so weird, but it feels so recently that we were talking about the COVID restrictions are going to back this movie up super late and it's going to be delayed and stuff. But the fact that they've wrapped filming, that is just awesome news, you know? Um, okay. Yeah, no, I agree. (laughs) It's just, I'm just get me the movie. I just, (laughs) I'm a super, I'm in superhero mode right now. So just give me everything. Mm -hmm. Um, all right. Uh, So we're going to jump over to the Disney Marvel front of things here. So Falcon and the Winter Soldier, uh, the writer has had a quick thing about fan theories, which I thought was it was just an interesting quote. So he says it's not about figuring something out. It's about characters. One of the primary themes of this series is is identity and the fact that Baron Zemo, Sharon Carter, Bucky Barnes and Sam Wilson all saw themselves as one way at the beginning of their story. This is about muscular, muscular story, forcing these characters to rethink how they see themselves and confront how the world sees them. Well, we all know how fan theories go, but um, I just thought it was kind of a cool quote to get a piece from the writer. You don't always hear from the writers when uh, um, shows like this come, it's always the directors and stuff. So, yeah, that's actually a really good point. Um, yeah, you don't hear from the writers at all. But um, as far as the actual quote, I don't have too much. I don't know if I have too much input on it. But uh, yeah, I do think it's a good point of like, I feel like we should hear more from writers. But I guess the directors usually have the final say and uh, directors, <laughs> whatever the directors have the final say. But I'm one of those people that believes the writer is king. And that's only because the writer had a vision when he put it together and the writer had a voice for these characters. And do you know what I mean? Like he, he had like a specific that he was looking at when he was putting it all together. So, um, you know, it's one of those things where that I, I wonder how often the director turns back to the writer going, Hey, what do you have? What was your thought here on this one? We're having some trouble with the scene. You know what I mean? Like, and that doesn't, ha- I don't know if that happens very often. So, yeah, but it is. I agree with you. It is cool when you find out that like a writer or even a producer, like sometimes when they're more involved in the movie making process, it's kind of cool to see these uh, people work as a team and stuff like that. And um, yeah, I mean, it's it's like anything else, like which piece of the puzzle is more important. It's hard to say, but when they all work in tandem and they do their a good job, like magic can be created. And if, you know, if one element, if the writing or the directing sucks or, you know, something else, you know, uh, magic cannot be made, <laughs> I guess I right. can say <laughs> to keep it as nice as possible. But yeah. Um, right. All right. Well, um, here's, let's talk about some new old star Wars coming to Disney plus. Um, uh, Christmas special. 
Well, I'm not I'm, <laughs> I'm not 100 percent sure if the holiday special is coming to Disney Plus or not. Yes, so, holiday special. I was kind of confused about the part of this post was a little confusing. So they had some images for stuff coming to Disney Plus. First off, the Ewoks cartoon from back in the day from the 80s is coming to Disney Plus, along with both live action Ewoks films. Um, I probably will watch those. I don't think I'm going to watch the cartoon, but I might cartoon, check those films out. <laughs> right. Um, have you ever seen the movies? They're both. It's, really it's been a it's been a long time. I loved them when I was a kid, me, but it's rephrase. been a long time. Let me rephrase. I remember really liking them. <laughs> yeah. Um, OK. The Gendy Tartaskowski, if I said his name right, um, Clone Wars will be coming to Disney+. Plus. Um, nice. So that that original Clone Wars iteration, and this is the one that was not clarified. Is they had when I was looking through the article, one of the images for stuff coming was the image of the cartoon, the Boba Fett cartoon that was in the holiday special. <laughs> okay, so I was on the right track. <laughs> it was not. It was not. I didn't expect that at all. It was not clarified that it was the holiday special, but it made me wonder if it's at least the Boba Fett cartoon. I think it's probably just the Boba Fett cartoon because I feel like the general consensus is that's the one salvageable piece from the holiday special. Like that's the one part you have to watch and then the rest of it's take it or leave it. Most people choose leave it and that's okay. But yeah, yeah, that's really funny. But you're probably right. It's probably only that uh, short uh, cartoon segment, which I'm okay with because I've been watching bootleg versions of that on YouTube for years. And I could do with like a Disney plus like higher quality version of that readily available. You know what I mean? Yeah, Yeah, I agree. Now, in the realm of Disney, and let's put it this way, this this story bums me out in the weirdest way. But Disney is the real winner in all of this. So we're not we don't get to talk about box office totals really anymore because of what happened with covid and the theaters closing. And we don't get to talk about um, who's going to like like Avengers Endgame is the highest grossing film of all time. You know what I mean? And we're like, hey to be the highest grossing film of all time ever and ever because of what happened with COVID. No one's ever going to get back to that for such a long time. However, there is a new highest grossing movie of all time that has just beaten Avengers and it bumps me out in the weirdest way. (laughs) That is, I'm really, really curious. So because in the reopening of theaters in China, they re-released Avatar. (laughs) Oh, okay. <laughs> so Avatar, off of the re-release, now has a earned total of two point eight billion against Avengers Endgame two point seven nine billion. <laughs> <laughs> it's just sad. It's just like this is the ultimate way to rub it in that a lot of new movies just haven't been, you know, releasing and it's just like the worst way to rub it in. But I do remember reading about how um the uh, first Avatar movie made so much money in China. So it makes sense. They're probably re-releasing some of their favorite, you know, the favorite movies over there just because they need, you know, something to fill the theaters. Like movies are being released, but, you know, we're still waiting on Black Widow and a lot of the other, you know, huge, uh, you know, releases like that. So, yeah. Now, that being now, look, Avatar is a good movie. Don't get me wrong. My whole thing with this is that no matter how you look at it, Avengers Endgame had one release and that's how much money it made. 
Avatar has made that much money off of three separate releases. <laughs> One of them shows the bigger success story. At the end of the day, Disney wins. I just thought it was funny. I was like, Avatar's on top again. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just hoping that I don't know. I'm hoping the story stops here, though, too, because I don't. I'm kind of weary of like, when are they going to re-release Endgame over there? And then we're going to have to report on Endgame takes the top spot again. And, you know, it's yeah. like three, three years from now, we're still talking about these movies that are years old. Well, <laughs> who's going to be the winner? You know, well, if you do the adjust, if you do the um, inflate, if you adjust the prices, if you inf- do the inflation totals, like in just adjust the prices due to inflation and you look back um, Gone with the Wind is and always will be the highest grossing film of all time, but they've had a ridiculous number of releases and re-releases and remasters and releases and that kind of thing. So that movie, so I can't, that kind of goes against my argument of who's got the bigger success story. But um, my point is like, so as long as Avatar is not beating Gone with the Wind, I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> so, um, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, can't argue with that. Yeah, well, that is it for the news, by the way. Oh, Uh, nice. So this could be, you ready to do the list? Absolutely. Perfect. All right, Ryan, it is list time, so do us a favor and roll the thing. And now for the top five. Okay, Peter, this was your list. So why don't you explain it to everybody? Um, this, by the way, could be the fastest list we've ever done. Because... <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> might be fast because it is it is a weird list, but this is just a topic that I love to talk about and think about. Um, and the, our, our list this week is our top five favorite cryptids uh, and or cryptozoological animals. And these are those mythical beasts that could be real. They're probably not, but uh, they might be. And we're talking about stuff like Bigfoot, the Yeti, the Loch Ness Monster, Mothman, et cetera, et cetera. And um, this is just something. No, absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) I might have given you a preview of my list, but definitely not my whole list. Um, But uh, this is um, where was I? Oh, so it's just one of those things, especially when the weather's nice and I'm like outside and like, I like going hiking a lot and camping and it's always just something in the back of my mind, like over in those bushes over there, you know, when I'm out like camping or something like what sort of creatures could be lurking in there. And, you know, I love thinking about Bigfoot and just like the idea of animals that are out there that we just don't know about. And they could, you know, they could have supernatural qualities or they could be just some sort of missing piece of evolution that we don't know about. It's just something that really captures my imagination. And uh, I find like inspiration in it, whether it's like me trying to think of a story or just kind of uh, amusing myself. But it's just I love this topic and the idea of it. So it is a weird list and we might not talk about it very long, but uh yeah, I just think this will be a fun one. Uh, Drew, I don't know if you have any comments on this list or if you want to just jump in. So I found this hard a little bit, but I also found this fun. Um, yeah, I found a few that like I, I after doing some Google searches and looking up stuff, I was like, "Ooh, 
I'm putting that on the list, even though it doesn't come up on the list of cryptids, because in a really weird way, I think it counts, and I'll make my case for two of them. Um, but <laughs> nice. uh, what I wanted to do, so just in the event that someone doesn't know what the heck we're talking about, and yeah, it's one thing to say, oh, hey, they're talking about mythological folklore things. Um, cryptozoology is a pseudoscience and subculture that aims to prove the existence of entities from folklore record, such as Bigfoot, for example. I just wanted mm -hmm. to, I wanted to, I pulled up the um, definition for cryptozoology just so people understood what in the world we were talking about tonight. Um, Absolutely. And a I lot appreciate these, you looking that up, by the way. No problem. And a lot of these, and I actually brought up, and I have a big spreadsheet in front of me that I found online. So hopefully I can bring up some of this. So if you mention one, I can, hopefully it's on the list um, because some of them, like, for example, they have the list of where they're found or can be found. Um, yeah. Which is kind of cool. Um, the um, – what was I going to say? Um, you were I, talking about, like, w the list of where they can be oh, found. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, no. So some of these, like – and people need to understand, some of these are creatures that have ended up in movies too. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's interesting. Um, I have, I guess I have two honorable mentions. I was kind of, <laughs> I, I do as well. Uh, one thing I was going to say before we jump in the list too, is, uh, since you commented on the list, you can find where online, where they actually mention where they can be found. Um, if any listeners want to go out down kind of a fun little rabbit hole, some like rainy day or whatever, take a look at the cryptids that are in your home state. You know, just search like your home state and what mythological creatures people think exist in your state, because that's kind of a fun little rabbit hole. And like so we're, we're located in Illinois and uh, looking that up, which I've actually done before this episode, but I re looked that up when compiling my list. But it's just a fun little thing. And it's just like, oh, I <laughs> I had no idea, you know two hours south of me, they think there's some weird swamp creature or something like that, you know? Uh, but yeah, uh, we can jump into the list unless you have more to say or. No, 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 that's totally fine. Um, my first honorable mention um, is uh, Loch Ness. Nice. Um, so in terms of the, uh, I guess it's a dinosaur, maybe. <laughs> Um, yeah, like a plesiosaur, I guess. Like a plesiosaur or whatever from uh, Lake Loch Ness in Scotland. Um, it's not it's um, not the uh, it's a it's a lake monster, I guess you could say it's or Nessie is another uh, way of wording. Yep. it. Um, I do have a uh, rock from the lake. Mm hmm. Um, I shouldn't because it's a like a state park or whatever. You're not supposed to do that. But I have, <laughs> but I have a rock from Lake Loch Ness. So you're going to be screwed when the FBI hears this episode. <laughs> I know, right? The FBI. Uh, that's like, funny. That's like yeah. State, so the Scottish that's, that's FBI. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. So what's the your Scottish BI? Um, okay. Mentions tonight. Yeah, I, I have two of them. Um, so kind of in the same vein as your first one, I chose uh, Champ or Champy, which is the Lake Champlain uh, lake monster. Uh, lake Champlain, which is located kind of between Canada and uh, Vermont and New York. And they believe that they have either yep. a um, either like a similar like plesiosaur type creature or a uh, 
sort of a serpent, but definitely a creature that sticks their neck out of the water. And there's been sightings of, um, and that's, you know, they call it champ or champy. And, uh, it's one of those things where the, uh, in that area, like on the lake, they have big festivals like every summer and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it'll be a big festival in honor of this uh, cryptid up there. And it's one of those things I've never been to the festival, but I remember on a number of family vacations driving past that lake and seeing the festival going on. And, you know, they have these giant um, inflatable sort of like sea monster uh well, inflatables <laughs> out in the water, right. you know, like they have they have a, a bunch of cool stuff like that. And I always thought it was cool and it always captured my imagination and I always wanted to go there. So that's kind of why this one makes my honorable mentions. So there you go. Right. Um, well, um, so my f- next one is Bigfoot. Um, nice. Which when I thought about it, I'm like, oh, that's going to be like higher on my list. Um but Bigfoot, I feel, is kind of like too much of a common. Um, yeah, of course it is. You know what I mean? Like he's it's too well known. Like most people know about Bigfoot. Um, yeah. Bigfoot's the, not going to be high up on my list like all the conformists. <laughs> or it's, it's like like when you bring this up, people are like, oh, like Bigfoot? Yes, yeah, Bigfoot, because it's the most well known. That's the only reason yeah. it's not high. It's not like on my actual picks. It's an honorable mention because it's like, yes, yeah, it's Bigfoot. Um, location, United States and Canada, large hairy ape-like creature, also known as Sasquatch. A couple things I wanted to bring up about Bigfoot because it makes me laugh. Uh, I was driving the other day and I saw a bumper sticker that read, I believe in Bigfoot and I vote. <laughs> and <laughs> I honestly, and I honestly did not know how to take that bumper sticker. <laughs> oh, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> That's a, a, I'm, I'm going to use a podcast friendly, uh, language, but that's like a real life crap post. And that's just amazing. <laughs> that's hilarious. I really did, did not know how to take that bumper sticker. I was like, Hmm. <laughs> um, uh, okay. So that being said, um, I'm a big fan of Aaron Sorkin's newsroom on HBO, which I've told people to watch. It's an awesome show. Mm-hmm. That being said, there's a character wants to pitch he's trying to get them to do a story on bigfoot on the news and no one will listen to him and every now and then he's like he'll be like hey do you got a minute to talk like yeah what's up apex predators and he's like launches into it and like is this the bigfoot thing again like uh, and he's trying to find different ways of presenting the bigfoot material (laughs) that's awesome um it it makes me laugh every time it comes up in conversation but all right man what's your next honorable mention Yeah, sure thing. So kind of um, in line with my last honorable mention, I chose the Lake Michigan Sea Serpent, which, yes, you heard me right. There are people who believe that there's a sea serpent that lives in Lake Michigan. Um, This is something where I did a little research about cryptids in our home state of Illinois, and uh, I did notice that this was one of the uh, suggestions. But the thing about the Lake Michigan Sea Serpent is there hasn't been a sighting like since the late 1800s. <laughs> so <laughs> there probably really isn't one, but I just like that, you know, I mean, I've been to Chicago a number of times I've been swimming in Lake Michigan. Um, and just the idea of a sea serpent being up there, um, really is just kind of cool to think about. Um, the other thing is like, this is, there wasn't much of a description for this cryptid. Uh, it seems pretty vague. They just, 
there was just people, you know, over a hundred years ago who thought there was a monster in that water sort of thing, but they didn't <laughs> really have a definite idea of what it looked like. But, uh, no, I just thought this was an interesting one. So I don't have too much to say about it besides that. Nice. All right. Uh, I was going to say, are all yours like local? I mean, they're all local to somebody, right? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my first one's from Lake Champlain, so that's not local to us, but it's local for them, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So my first one, and I really, which one do I want to talk about first? All right. We'll just go in that order. So my first one is Mothman. Nice. Um, I don't know. Uh, let's see. Let me cruise down here. All right. Mothman, uh, Mason County, West Virginia, United States. Um, it was actually popularized by John A. Keel's book, The Mothman Prophecies, which was later turned into a movie with um, Richard Gere. Um, I don't uh, kind of draw a blank on the other actress who was in that movie with him. Um, but The Mothman Prophecies are – let me see here. Let me jump to uh, – The Mothman is a creature reportedly seen in Point Pleasant area. Um, first New Year – it's a uh, – it's a man-sized bird creature or something. Um, let me see if there's any other. Yeah, I mean, it has it has large uh, moth-like wings, but is it? Yeah, do they think it might be feathered or? They well, they they think it might be feathered, but they also might not think it might be. Um, they describe it as a large flying man with ten-foot wings, um, mm-hmm. following their car while driving. Um, it was. It, the issue is, is they're not sure if it's necessarily um, the uh, uh, a creature so much as it is an alien. Okay, you know what I mean. And it then the extraterrestrial. So I feel like there's also depictions of this creature that are more moth-like or more insect-like. Um, it's when probably you, pretty. I'll keep going. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was thinking of, um, oh, it's probably pretty far off, but for some reason, when I think of Mothman, I always think of the Guillermo del Toro movie Mimic, which, you know, deals with giant, you know, human sized insect creatures. Um, But I actually don't know. Like, I don't know a ton about Mothman. So I think this one's interesting. And yeah, I just don't know uh, if that's even closer, if it's usually (laughs) depicted more of, like you said, more of like an alien or a humanoid or what whatnot gotcha yeah well in the movie it looks like a big moth man <laughs> right <laughs> so when you finally get to see it uh, that's awesome though so yeah what's your next one so i, c- I actually can keep with the Mothman theme uh this one is one that i've heard about pretty recently and that's the man? o'hare oh. huh you know it's the no, it, it's not quite a match, but it's the O'Hare Mothman, if you've ever heard of that. Um, and that is a I, I recently read an article about this, like, honestly, a couple of a couple of months ago. But at O'Hare Airport, um, you know, in Chicago, there's people who think they've seen a Mothman like creature while like leaving work. You know, people who work at the airport uh, have seen a weird creature in the parking lots and stuff like that. Um, and it's one of those things where I read this uh, article where they had the story about this guy walking to his car after leaving work at the airport. And uh, he sees this, you know, tall man standing, you know, a hundred feet away or whatever. And uh, then he sees 
a giant wingspan open and uh, the creature ran straight at him. And it was one of those, it was kind of cool how it was described. It almost was like a movie scene where the creature runs at him and then takes off in flight and flies away. And uh, people had different theories for it. Some people think that it was probably just a really tall crane or something like that that ran at the person but there's other people who have seen this creature and i just think it's interesting i don't know if i actually buy into the idea that this is a real thing but again it's just fun to think about really so that's my that's my next one is the o'hare mothman and i don't actually have anything on that one so i apologize but (laughs) it still sticks with the mothman theme though so i thought that was cool um okay so what was that again the o'hare mothman yeah Just putting it on the spreadsheet soon. All right. Um, so my next one is, and this one we kind of, I asked if this was okay last week, uh, was Slenderman. Um, oh, right. Yeah. Uh, and the only reason this one makes my list is because I think the the mythos behind it is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, like when you do your reading on it, like the idea of it just being like, like he could literally be anywhere and like even in public can be anywhere. And that's just it's it's weird and it's cool and like the imagery is really creepy and I feel like Slenderman has become is probably the newest of all these cryptids I guess you could say because no you know what I mean he's more supernatural than anything but um, yeah I don't know if you have anything to say about Slenderman I don't have much to say because I don't know enough about it but yes Slenderman is an interesting one because it's definitely a uh, a creature um, or you know, spirit or however you want to think of him. He's definitely something that started from the internet. And, um, I think the difference between slender man and these other, uh, creatures is a lot of these creatures, the people who first saw them believed they were real. And I feel like slender man's a character that whoever made him up didn't believe he is real. But at the same time, there's millions of people who actually do like read the stories of slender man and it freaks them out and they, you know, get caught up in the, what if slender man's real and stuff. And it's, I do agree the mythos behind slender man, as well as just his appearance and presence is just so cool and intimidating. And, uh, I actually forgot that you mentioned this one and I'm a little bit bummed, but it's okay. Um, I'm totally cool with this pick. Um, I kind of wish I had it as an honorable mention, but no, I think it's a great pick. And uh, no, Slenderman's just creepy. And uh, that's pretty much all I have to say about it. It's just a cool, cool thought for this one. Right. Um, yeah, that's. Yeah. All right. So what's your next <laughs> pick? Sorry, I don't. Yeah, just what's so, your next pick? So my next pick's kind of weird because this is the one on my list that seems like it's more of a fictional creature, but it did come up when I Googled uh, different cryptids and it did come up on a, on a few lists. And that is the Kraken. Um, And this is uh, again, like I think of the Kraken, I think of pirates of the Caribbean. I think of other old uh, pirate or sailor stories and stuff. But at the same time, like we already know that giant squid squids exist And we don't even know how big they get when you go deep into the ocean. Um, I remember there is a I don't I can't remember what the show is called. Sci fi had a show all about hunting cryptids. I think it was like Monster Hunter or something. I don't know if you ever watched that show, Drew. Um, Monster Hunter. Yeah, Uh, I I don't really watch a lot of those shows, to be completely honest. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a while since I have two. like I probably watched this episode like 10 years ago or so, but there was a, there was an episode of that show where they were 
specifically searching for the Kraken, and they were sending these uh, these cameras deep into areas of the ocean where they knew there was a lot of squid activity. And uh, some of the squids that they recorded were like setting, like honestly setting records for um, for like just the most massive squids that have been recorded. And uh, the thing was like some of the species that they thought they might be were even more aggressive squid species. And just thinking about that, it's like you could imagine a squid actually getting aggressive with the ship and uh, just paired with the fact that we don't know how big squids can actually get. Like, I feel like if we could actually go to the depths of the ocean, we would see a lot of stuff that would really freak us out. But uh, no, this is just, when you think about it, I feel like the like a kraken-like creature is more likely to exist than any of the other uh, cryptids on my list, and it's just kind of a cool it's a cool thing to think about, I guess. <laughs> I don't know if you have any thoughts on this one, or if you think it's a cheat, or where your no your mind I think, is with this no, one. But this, this was actually on the list when I did some googling. Um, yeah, the uh, this I this always makes me think of pirates, but I love the scene in Pirates of the Caribbean with the when they actually battle the Kraken and you have the tentacles coming up over the ship and um, that kind of stuff. And the way like they handle, like the way it's all done, like you never actually get to see the really, you never ever really get to see the full creature of the Kraken. And it's just, it's just a cool creature in general. So mm-hmm. um, um, yeah. So yeah, I don't know what else I have to say about it. Like, I always thought this was cool, just got like boats and stuff, and that scene in Pirates is amazing. And I don't, I think that's, oh no, no, this goes all the way back to, um, this goes back to Clash of the Titans, like the original. Um, Absolutely. You think about when you think about the Kraken. That's what I was going to bring up earlier. I literally almost drew a blank on that. Um, but yeah, this goes back to Clash of the Titans. So when I was thinking, when I saw that on the list, I was like, ooh, I could bring that up, but I did not put that on my <laughs> list. So, um. The um, all right. So is it my turn? Yeah, for sure. All right, cool. Um, so my next one is hold on a second. I'm like listening to you talk and not putting your thing on the list. OK, so <laughs> <laughs> so my next one, I feel like this is a cheat because this is kind of a newer one as well. And it doesn't appear on any of the lists. Uh, no, you know what? I'm going to save this one for the end. Eh, no, I'll do this one now. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm trying to figure out which one I want to talk about last. So, uh, the one I'm going to talk about now is the Megalodon. Okay. Uh, and it doesn't, it doesn't come up on the other lists, but I don't like when I was looking at stuff, but in terms of like, when you put the Kraken on a list for this stuff, well, how can the Megalodon not count? Um, and if you don't know what the Megalodon is, there's a movie about it called the Meg, um, it's not the best movie, but it's basically about a giant. The the megalodon is a giant. When I say giant, we're talking massive, uh, prehistoric great white shark. Um, yeah. Dude, and the, the the meg was one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. That's all I have to say. <laughs> yeah, the documentary was awesome, <laughs> and kudos, and massive kudos to. Uh, um, uh, Discovery Channel for putting that together because that was fantastic. But the idea, like, I've always been fascinated with sharks. They're one of my favorite. They're probably, when someone asks me what my favorite animal is, and I always hesitate and think, I've really been thinking about this over the years. I'm like, no, no, it's a shark. Sharks are awesome. They're the coolest animals on the face of the planet. Um, I re- Like, sharks are awesome. I just, uh, so, like, when you throw in, like, the sharks, I'm like, well, how do you make a shark even big, crazier and bigger? Well, the megalodon, here you go. Um, so whether it's real or not as irrelevant, it's awesome and it's terrifying and it's just, it's cool. Um, 
one of these days I'll get to go swim with the sharks like I want to because I really want I would love to do a cage dive with great whites and stuff. I just think that'd be awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, and we all know if the megalodon, if there were megalodons that have survived since prehistoric times, they wouldn't be coming to the surface. They wouldn't be, you know, attacking cruise ships like a cruise ship is like a nerd's packet to these sharks. They would be in the deep ocean duking it out with giant squid and krakens and stuff like that. So yeah. that's the only reason we haven't seen them at all. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. no, and, I think this is a cool pick for sure. And, and the ocean is we know more about outer space than we do about the oceans on our planet. So let's put it that way. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, the Megalodon was my next pick. So what do you got? OK, cool. So the next one I wanted to mention is the Jersey Devil um, from New Jersey, of course. Um, I'm not exactly sure um, like what town or city but the thing i think about the jer- is interesting about the jersey devil is well what for one thing it has a very unique appearance like a lot of the images of the jersey devil has more of a horse or almost like deer-like head on a sort of bipedal hooved body with sort of like almost like demonic bat looking wings and uh, saying demonic that's the thing the thing that i think is the most captivating about the jersey devil is this is This creature has one of the most, um, I guess, interesting backstories when you look at the compare it to different uh, cryptids, because the Jersey Devil is kind of the backstory of it is like the Jersey Devil was about and I might be remembering this wrong, but it was about like a woman who gave birth to a demonic creature like her child was this like weird demon creature that then ran off into the woods and that's the jersey devil that still survives today and it's a really creepy but really cool story like i kind of wish there was and there might be a b horror movie about this somewhere but i kind of wish there was more movies that tackle that subject because it's just so frightening but so cool as well and uh you know the other thing is just watching um comic book men and stuff and uh yeah, reading like uh I, I was just gonna bring up comic book men because they had that episode where they're like we're gonna go try and find the jersey <laughs> <laughs> absolutely and i think they had rob bruce dress in like a uh, goofy jersey devil costume and like scare ming in the woods yeah. at night and stuff um but i've also read um the comic book by brian johnson and walt flanagan the uh cryptozoic man which is a really cool um kind of really effed up for lack of a better term, but it's a really cool nightmarish horror story. That's all based around this man who um, gains powers of a bunch of cryptos, cryptozoological creatures. But um, the Jersey devil definitely has a big part in that story as well. So no, I just think this one's cool and creepy and drew, I don't know if you have any thoughts on the Jersey devil or yeah, anything I, like that. I agree with you. The story, the, the lore behind it is really bizarre. Um, if you want to look that up and read it, it's, it's bizarre, but it's described as a winged bipedal horse. Yeah. Uh, And it says you asked about the area of Jersey. So it's United States, mainly the South Jersey Pine Barrens, as well as other parts of New Jersey and southern southeastern Pennsylvania. Um, So in terms of like locations. Yeah. And this this is one that I think this the other thing is this is like one of the few cryptids that kind of because of the demonic aspect of it, it kind of does creep me out more to think about than. You know, some of the other ones that are just like, oh, this is a weird animal that nobody knows about sort of thing. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, right. But what's your your next uh, pick? Um, so my next pick is the Chupacabra. 
Nice. Okay. <laughs> um, you know what? I honestly expected um, us to uh, match more match than we have heavily tonight, <laughs> but I think it's awesome that we're not. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, the Chupacabra is the uh, it's or Spanish for goat sucker. Um, Puerto, Rico, <laughs> Puerto Rico, originally South and Central America, Southern North America. It's basically the big Mexican lizard that eats uh, goats. Um, they this I always thought the Chupacabra was funny. I think the name sounds funny. There's some great jokes in the red versus blue cartoon uh, web series about, <laughs> about the Chupacabra. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so I just this this one always made me laugh. But if you Google images of Chupacabra, they're horrifying. Uh, so I don't know if you have anything to say about it, Pete. But um, that's yeah. Chupacabra was my next one. So the Chupacabra is a creature that I'm interested in. Um, no, I think this is a really interesting pick. And it's one that. I didn't Chupacabra didn't make my list. And I think the reason is because I've seen so many different depictions, like drawings of or sketches of this creature, and they all kind of look different. And that's kind of my problem with the Chupacabra is I can't <laughs> picture what it actually looks like in my head, because every time I see somebody depict the El Chupacabra, it's always like a different looking creature. But I do... I do think the sort of uh, characteristics as far as like, you know, this crazy animal that goes around and, uh, you know, kills goats and drinks their blood and stuff like that. I do think it's a interesting lore. And uh, no, I, I like El Chupacabra. I just I don't know something about him. I just can't. I need to I need to see him for myself to <laughs> know how I feel about him, I guess. <laughs> well, it's, the whole thing just makes me laugh. So, you know. Absolutely. I, I, I couldn't I couldn't not because, you know, when you in that um, in the in the joke in red versus blue when they're just like when they're talking about calling the, the warthog and they're like talking about all the mythical creatures. And he's like, it's that Mexican <laughs> lizard that eats jo uh, goats. And the guy goes, the chupacabra. Sir? And he's like, yeah, chupa thingy. How about that? <laughs> Always kills me. Um, so, yeah, man. All right. What's your next pick for the night? OK, so my next pick is a classic and uh I just like it does feel kind of cliche to save this one for so high on my list, but I just kind of couldn't hap help it. And that is the uh, the Bigfoot or uh, Sasquatch like and it's one of those things like, yes, this is maybe this is a classic, maybe somewhat basic pick. But this is one of the sort of OG cryptids that I you know, this is one of the first cryptids I ever learned about in my life. And as a kid growing up, just I always loved thinking about Bigfoot and hearing different stories and stuff and uh you know, he's always captured my imagination. And um, I don't know, I've heard like <laughs> I've heard different things. Um, there was an episode of the Joe Rogan podcast that uh, Travis Barker was on and they were talking about how Bigfoot is probably mm -hmm. because so there's black bear. So black bears have been known to walk on their hind legs for like actually decently long distances. And if you were walking through the woods and uh, you saw a black bear walking on its hind legs like that and you didn't really know what it was, but it kind of freaked you out. You feel like, holy crap, I just saw Bigfoot. And they were kind of speculating that a lot of sightings of Bigfoot were probably something like that. And I listened to that and I was like, 
I kind of agree with that, but it's kind of disappointing because I just really want Bigfoot to be real, even though I think he probably isn't. But no, this is just a creature just that has fascinated me for so many years. So it had to go high on my list. And like I said, this is one of the classic sort of OG uh, choices for me. So, yeah, yeah. Um, And that's, you know, again, I believe in Bigfoot and I vote. I love that. That's so that's just that's like that would be a great Twitter bio. Like, that's just so good that <laughs> that'd be it. That'd be an interesting Twitter. Like, yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> All right. Like, I, I want that as a T-shirt like series. It's just too good. I There's nothing more to say about it. But uh, yeah, what's your next pick? Well, or is this your last one? This is my last one of the night. And this is a goofy one because I talked about Bigfoot and how I'm just like, yeah, whatever, Bigfoot, because that's the one everyone just kind of like jumps at. And that's the only reason it made an honorable mention. And you're bringing up Bigfoot now, but it segues into mine. And you're going to go, well, how does Bigfoot make an honorable mention? But this not. It's they're two different cryptids, but I'm specifically referring to the Yeti. Nice. Okay, this made my Um, short list. And the Yeti is awesome as well. Um, And the thing about the Yeti to me over over Bigfoot is the fact that so the Yeti or the abominable snowman um, Himalayans Asia is where this is large hairy human like entity various other descriptions is what it says on the internet Um, but the thing about the Yeti is the Yeti to me like first off I'm a big winter person I've always liked snow and all that stuff so I really like snow environments I've always found them like Mm -hmm. fast they're just gorgeous, but they're also terrifying and a harsh environment. They're, it's a very dangerous environment. And then you throw in a, a Bigfoot-like creature, like the Yeti. Um, it harkens back to, like, The Empire Strikes Back with the Wampa creature, for example. Or um, it just – the Yeti, like, the Yeti itself is, like, the idea is just horrifying. And um, I just I, – I was, like – I was going to put this later. I was going to save the Megalodon for last. But, no, the Yeti, like, literally I was, like, this is one of the coolest creatures just because of the environment that it comes with. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. No, I, I absolutely – I actually really – agree with everything you said um the yeti like a lot of times depictions of the yeti they just they just look so cool because most of the time the yeti is depicted with white fur and just that sort of giant uh white furred ape just it's just cool looking um and i just think of different like different books i've read like as a kid that would have something about the yeti and it was just always a cool creature um and i think the only reason for me the that bigfoot edged it out is just kind of Bigfoot's like my hometown hero. (laughs) Like there's Sasquatch sightings in like every state of the United States. And just the idea that like I might have that much more of a chance of seeing a Sasquatch in my, you know, day to day life. Just and just the fact that, yeah, like I said, hometown hero, that's (laughs) that's the only reason he edged out the Yeti. But I definitely agree that that's a really good pick. Um. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> no, that's awesome. I just I just think about it like it's the Yeti's just so cool. And then Star Wars made it cooler with the Wampa creature. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so anyway, um, what do you what do you got for your final pick of the night, man? Yeah. So my final pick of the night is another classic. Uh, you already mentioned this one, but it is the Loch Ness Monster. And um, like I said, Bigfoot has captivated my imagination for years, but I think as a kid growing up, the Loch Ness Monster just had, 
I just found the Loch Ness monster that much more mysterious and that much more interesting. And I just loved, you know, I would watch different stuff on TV about it and just, I loved hearing the stories and it just really made my imagination run wild. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think when I was younger, I didn't even know that Loch Ness was in uh, Scotland. And, uh, you know, I, (laughs) I think I probably thought it was like in America or something when I was really young, but, uh, just, I don't know, just something about, and, you know, I've had a couple other sea serpents, but the Loch Ness monster has so many sightings and so much lore behind it. And I don't know what it is, just something about that creature has always just kind of it just really gets me excited to think about. So I don't know. I know, Drew, you already talked about Loch Ness monsters, so I don't know if you have yeah. more to say, but it's I don't kind have, of I don't keep have going. Much more. Yeah, I don't have too much more to say about it, but absolutely. <laughs> But the, yeah. it's it's just one of those things where when I think of cryptids, like this is the first one I think of and something about the mystery behind it. Um, just I don't know, something about it just really I just think is really cool. So it's it's hard to it's hard to, uh, you know, put it into words. But that's the Loch Ness Monster is probably my favorite one. So um, but, yeah, I mean, we can move on if you want to start talking about our next week's list next or week's unless list. you have okay. more cryptid talk you want to get out <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna lay this out for the collective uh so our collective audience um next week the plan is to do the snyder cut and we're gonna do because the snyder cut has been a huge point of contention we're gonna have a huge review on it and instead of putting in the watching category and make it the um in terms of putting in the watching category and make it the front of the show we're going to make you wait for it and we're going to put it on the back of the show and we're going to do top five things top five moments from the snyder cut that we liked the most because it'll make us talk and um we're probably going to match a lot but ultimately it'll create a very large review for us if you will so um we may have some news we may have a light watching category because the snyder cut i think is going to be the main focus because honestly i'm going to try and watch it twice if i can before next record the next time nice um, because, uh, you can watch it in color or you can watch it in black and white, which I heard is Zack Snyder's preferred viewing. So that's, that's awesome. I'm going to try and watch it both and I'm going to see if I can get in the, um, the making of as well before the next record. So we'll see what happens. Um, so that being said, that's what we're going to focus on. However, I have a uh, vacation coming up. So Peter and I are trying to come up with a like sort of a bonus up for this episode for you guys so we don't miss a week and so we give you guys something. So you might have something extra pop up in your feed. So enjoy it. Um, it may, may not happen. We'll see how it works out. We'll see if we can squeeze it in. I don't want to promise anything. Um, that episode that we would do for the like bonus for you guys, we still want to do anyway, but it's going to be uh, – it, you guys might have it. It's all going to predicate on how my vacation plans out. I'm either going away for a week or I'm staying home and relaxing and doing stuff around the area, not work related, like house stuff, but fun stuff. Just not, you know what I mean? If that makes sense, like a staycation, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, so next week, all Snyder Cut. That's all we're going to be talking about. And then we can move on and um, promote the Restore the Snyder Snyderverse. Um as we look forward to the future of comic book superhero movies. Um, Absolutely. 
All right, so Peter, any final thoughts before I close this out? Because we have another episode <laughs> in the can. No, I was just gonna say we've been following the Snyder cuts or the Snyder cut so closely that I almost feel like I could already do a list of my five favorite things about it without even watching the movie. <laughs> but I do like I do look forward to uh, compiling my favorite moments, and uh, yeah, this should be a good discussion coming up. So, yeah, all right. All right. Well, in that case, um, everyone do us a favor and check out our website, um, top5report.com. There you'll find links to all of our social media, Twitter and Facebook, along with the link to our email, top5report at gmail.com. You can interact with the show there. Hit us up on our social media. Either way works. Um, we are on Stitcher, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe to us in those places, and uh, if you do, you will not miss a single episode. You can also leave us a review. We love those five stars, but we understand criticism because it helps us get better and it makes the words we say feel important. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Drew3927. Peter? Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Ninja Pierre, and that's where I will be telling you that it was that damn Sasquatch. <laughs> <laughs> and you vote. Um, yes. <laughs> All right, Um, everybody, um, enjoy the Snyder Cut. We'll see you next week Um, for the Top 5 Report. I'm Drew. I'm Peter. And thanks for listening, everybody. Good night.